This is going to be such a fun episode. Uh, hi, how is everyone doing? Uh, this week was really fast and it went by really fast and I'm really excited to just kind of sit down and chill and talk. I know all of you guys listen and you're not necessarily here, but I feel like a lot of you are here. So if you're new to the podcast, what's up? My name's Lexa, obviously. Uh, I have two different companies at this point. This personal brand that I have, as well as the Be Fearless Summit. Most of you probably know more of the personal brand that I've built up since the Disney show and my first podcast. Now, I just recently realized how many of you are still listening to my old podcast, This Is Life Unfiltered. So I think what I'm going to do is merge all of these episodes together and either keep the new unfiltered name or go back to This Is Life Unfiltered because all of that content and all those episodes are honestly so dope. And knowing that so many of you are still listening to those, really makes me realize that I probably should just merge them together. So I'm probably going to do that new thing, new idea in the next week or so. Nothing will change, but you will still be able to have access, honestly, in one spot so that you can listen to everything in one area. So besides that, if you don't follow me on social media, make sure you follow me at at Alexa underscore Curtis, as well as the podcast, which is at the new unfiltered. Now, over the past few weeks, I just realized that I am constantly asked basically, what do I do? Or what do I do in a day? And I've sometimes gone into detail about this on the podcast or even in blog posts, but I wanted to clarify exactly what it is that I guess I would do, as well as go into some ways that I make money. That's another episode that I had on the old podcast was how I make money and really how I built this brand out. But with the rise and progression of how social media has gone, TikTok in particular, which I find really fascinating and what inspired me to make an episode on this topic is I was on TikTok the other day just scrolling through and and for whatever reason on my FYP, I guess, for your pleasure page, I was bombarded with so many videos of content creators saying like, you're missing out if you don't do this full time or quit your job and start making 100 videos a day and you're going to make millions off of TikTok. And I, I don't know what I think about that. I don't agree. And I don't think that anyone should quit their day job and go full time with something like TikTok making 100 videos a day. And the number one reason that I say that is just based on the fact that I had 10 videos all in a span of 30 seconds come up just shows you right there that that market is totally saturated. And second from that, I would urge you to really ask yourself what is your long-term goal with not only your future, but also with whatever it is that you want to do career-wise. It sounds so fun to get paid thousands of dollars a month to post on Instagram or post on TikTok and all you have to do is wake up and look cute. But really, that's not how it goes. And if you do want to really make a life for yourself or build a brand, relying on one social media platform to do so is a really unreliable thing to do because when you are 30, do you really want to be doing that every single day, waking up and having to make 100 videos and trying to make that, you make yourself stand out in a pool of content that is really saturated when maybe what you should be doing is looking at another area that could be Instagram, a website, a Tumblr, along with TikTok, along with Facebook, along with Instagram to really build a brand off of that. So yeah, so we can talk more about that too, like further on into the episode. But really what I want to talk about now is kind of what I do in a day. 
And the older that I've gotten as an entrepreneur, the more that I've realized I literally can do anything in a day. And that's super dope. And lately, I feel like I have been managing my time in the best way. And I think that just comes from years of being an entrepreneur and being at this phase of my career. And it doesn't mean that I don't have to work. I certainly have to work. But I have found ways to enjoy what I do more so that it doesn't feel like work. And certainly when you're an entrepreneur, I think every entrepreneur will tell you, oh, you know, if you love what you do, you're not working a day in your life. And that's true. But also it's still a job. And until someone is just providing you money, and I don't have a sugar daddy and I never have had a sugar daddy, but if you're a girl who can do that, say la vie, enjoy. I wish I could do it. I'm just too awkward. Then you still have to work. And there are moments where it's amazing. And there are moments where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I'm losing my mind. I have less of those moments now, but certainly the more that I'm getting into the tech side of things and building out the summit program in particular, I'm facing new obstacles certainly relating to money that I haven't experienced. But what I found to be really practical for me is finding the way to enjoy entrepreneurship because that is why I do what I do, right? That is why I have slept on the floor for so many years. That's why I was broke. That's why I was doing all of this stuff and allowing myself to fall back down and get back up along the way because now I'm able to do something where I can take the rest of this Friday off and nothing's going to happen. Or I can take the next week off and nothing's going to happen. Now, when I'm planning a Be Fearless Summit, I can't really do that. But the overall flexibility of being an entrepreneur is that you want to have a Friday where you're like, I don't want to work today. I can go do whatever I want to do. Or I'm going to have someone write this email for me and I'm going to go read a book. And that's super dope. And I think at the end of the day, I would assume that that's what everyone wants out of life is having the flexibility to make money and work from wherever you want to work from, but also love what you do and also be able to do whatever you want to do. So to take you through a day in my life, I would start by saying that every single day for me is very focused on, and this is weekdays and I'll kind of get into weekends in a second and how I found that balance. And that goes a lot into time management too. But weekdays for me are very strict. I have always been like this. And so lately I have tried to enjoy entrepreneurship more just because I'm realizing there is no reason I need to get up at 5 a.m. And prior to COVID, I put so much pressure on myself. And I know a lot of conversations that I have with many of you, whether I'm mentoring you or meeting you at a summit, are very similar in that 17 to 22, 23-year-old demographic and you're putting copious amounts of pressure on yourself to do everything and work on everything and be amazing. And I look back and I wish I had enjoyed part of the process a bit more. I was so put your head down and work your ass off and hustle and do everything. And then the minute you fall down, I would get so frustrated. Whereas now I really enjoy falling down. And when I say falling down, I don't mean like walking outside and just falling on my face. I mean, making a business decision that wasn't the best or saying something that wasn't the best thing to say or, I don't know, lowballing something when I'm like, I should have charged 2500 and I charged 1500 I thrive off of those falling down and getting back up now, and I don't take it so seriously. But I know that so many of you are so focused in, in that hustle culture, and don't get me wrong, I was in it for a while, and I still understand it and I still appreciate it. But you just want to remember to live your life too. So just don't forget that whatever it is that you're building or whatever it is that you're focusing on, go live your life too. Don't do what I do, which was forget how to live because you're so focused on something because I certainly missed out on things when I was younger because I didn't give myself a break. So now I certainly give myself those breaks and I enjoy them and I take advantage of them. But Monday through Friday, I always do wake up at between like six and seven 
I go to a gym in Austin with my friend. You guys probably have seen me post her or vice versa, and I've had her on the podcast before, Ashwarya, and she's really dope. And so I've been training her, which has honestly been really fun because if you know me, you know that like fitness is a massive part of my life, and really that is my hour a day, kind of like how someone goes to therapy for an hour, I go to the gym. And so I make that very consistent. And for me, I like to do it in the morning. If I ever have to do an evening workout, I would say that it's a little bit more complicated for me and I have less energy. So I like to do that first thing in the morning and I get in there and we always have some type of a program that we're focusing on. But it's like, wake up, I do 20 minutes of meditation. I have a glass of water with lemon and apple cider vinegar. I don't even know why I came up with that in my head one day and it works and I like it. And then I usually have an almond milk latte. So I have a Nespresso. Thank you at Nespresso. I feel like I should tag you guys uh, in my voice. Thank you, Nespresso, for my machine. I've got like a little milk frother and I have an almond milk latte, one shot of espresso and some cinnamon on the top. I'm the biggest cinnamon addict. Like I carry around containers of cinnamon with me. I just love cinnamon. So I put that on the top. And then from there, I go to the gym. We either take an Uber because none of us drive, neither of us drive yet, or we walk sometimes. And then I'm usually back home by nine to 10, like nine, 9.30, 10 shower. And then every single day is different. So this day in particular is a Friday. I did the same thing at the gym this morning. We boxed with my, with our boxing trainer. And then some days are really jam-packed and some days are not. And the days that are not jam-packed, I kind of like to call those whiteboard days. Because it's a Friday, I might take the rest of the afternoon off and I think go read or write in my journal with my journal. I used to use it for a lot of personal things. Now I honestly use the journal as just a way like I'll put my phone on airplane mode and I'll go to a coffee shop or today I might go to this wine bar in Austin called Clark's that I really like and like have a glass of wine. And I just go through things in my head, you know, in terms of like, for example, building up this mentorship platform and this app. Okay, so where is this $250,000 that we're raising? Where is that going to go? And I'll just write that down and kind of scribble it down. And I certainly would advise all of you to do that, whether that means get a co-working space or go in as a guest one day and have access to a whiteboard or just a notebook. Oh my gosh, I get so much stuff done doing that. And so many ideas are flowing, uh, which is something that I didn't used to do. And so now I really have kind of tried to dial back a little bit of like how much I drink on the weekends or like if I'm going out. And now I really actually enjoy like having a glass of wine on a Friday or Thursday night, whatever, and just writing. And I really find that to be kind of therapeutic and also just has helped me with so many business ideas. So yeah, so if a day is light, I will do that. Focus on that. Maybe film a podcast episode uh, this day in particular. Workout, I had two phone calls. One in particular was with Haynes. So the Haynes sponsorship that we had with a previous summit that was really successful, they just reached out to ask what plans were for quarter three and quarter four for my personal brand as well as the summit. So I always like to get on a phone with any type of brand that I've worked with, especially if they reach out to you again. It's not only an honor because a lot of these are one-off deals. They don't have to stay in touch with you, but it's always really exciting because I already have an in and in the door with them. And I like to keep those relationships up predominantly because then you can really go back to any brand at any time and that's what you want. You don't want to necessarily be a content creator, an influencer, entrepreneur who has these one-off deals and then nothing happens from there. I always like to think of it as like evaluating the brands that are a one-off deal but that you stay in touch with so that you feel comfortable going back to them whenever. So like I would go back now to Hanes whenever knowing now what they're working on or Care Bears who sponsored a lot of grants for previous Be Fearless Summit. And then I also worked with the deck. So this pitch deck that I am working on with a potential co-founder and I'm gonna start talking more about this depending on what route we decide to go down, which is super exciting. And I never really expected to 
have this happen career-wise, so I'm excited about it, uh, but working on this deck as well. So because I have more of a flexible day, I didn't have back-to-back -back phone calls and things like that, I am able to really just, like I said, sit down and kind of just like whiteboard. And that's really important to do as an entrepreneur because otherwise you can be on phone calls all day and then you're like, okay, wait, I've talked to all these people, but this idea is still not being fleshed out. And so I really enjoy and take advantage of the days that are more chill. Now, years ago, which a lot of you probably the newer newer entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs in this bracket might be the kind of person that I was when I was a younger entrepreneur where when I have that empty time or slots on my calendar that are open, I'm almost having an anxiety attack or I feel like I'm not doing good enough or it's really weird that my calendar is so flexible. So like I need to sit down, work my ass off until midnight. If anyone can relate to that, don't be like that. Get out of it because it's just silly. Having time gives you the opportunity to find your identity a little bit more, to read a book, to write an email, to go have some lunch and relax, like live your life and love what you do. So now these days where I have more flexibility, I really take advantage of. And then uh, yeah, so that's kind of on the days where I don't have back-to-back -back phone calls. That's, for example, like what I did on, on that particular Friday. I use a meal prep to get really detailed. I use a meal prep service called Freshly. So I have about seven meals a week that get delivered to me. So today I had like turkey meatballs with zucchini noodles. And then for dinner, I don't really have any plans tonight. I might stay in. I might go out. TBD, I don't know. But I might kind of just like play it by ear, which is also something that I really am trying to do lately is just really tune into what I want to do and be really confident with that. If I don't want to go out, don't go out. I don't always need to feel like I'm missing out on something. And maybe people realize that with how Coachella transpired. So funny. I remember I was in LA last week and I didn't go to Coachella. Personally, I hate that scene. It gives me severe anxiety, to be quite honest, to be around a thousand people Instagramming and TikToking for whatever reason. If I have imposter syndrome, I have it in those scenarios. And to be honest, that is a major reason why I left LA. That doesn't mean that I'm not confident. I'm incredibly confident, but I thrive around people who are just not in that scene. Uh, which is really interesting. But that is a major reason of why I got a place in Austin. And I feel so much more confident here is I think because I'm out of that scene, but I'm still able to be in it with what I do. But I'm not necessarily in it in real life. But uh, from other videos that I saw, you know, when I went to Coachella, I remember thinking all of this, this was I think I went maybe three or four years ago. And the parties were super dope. And there's so many celebrities and everyone was super fucked up. And like, I, okay, like, that's, that's great, right? I, I mean, it was I, I still hated it. I hated getting on a freaking bus to go to a very famous party with a bunch of like TikTokers or TikTok, I guess, wasn't even around then to be around a bunch of influencers who were really fucked up, who I know people, especially when I was at Disney, were like coming into the studio and being like, oh, I love this person. And it's like, I can't even have a conversation with them. They're kind of being an idiot. Really interesting. I hated that. I hated the traffic. I hated sitting two hours driving there and back from Palm Springs. It was just all annoying. But TikTok wasn't around then. So the fact that now TikTok is around and you've got all of these people at this festival being like, I don't want to be here. This sucks. There's no water. There's no this. It's just comical because I was thinking all of this stuff years ago. So three years ago, if someone had asked me like, are you going to go to Coachella or do you want to be there? I would have said yes, even if I didn't want to go. And I don't remember I wanted to go that time. I mean, I was curious to see what it was about, but I knew that I was going to have so much anxiety in that crowd. And I know that I did when I was there. 
so this year in particular, when I was there and everyone was there and posting about it, whatever, I had no element of FOMO. I was like, all these videos are making so much sense to me. And I'm so glad that people are finally like, this is a very almost dumb festival. It's not like an ultra. It's not like a gov ball. Don't get me wrong. I love to have fun. I love music. I love raves. Like I will be in the middle of that freaking crowd, front row, bawling out. Coachella just isn't, isn't it? It's too pretentious. It's too fake. And I hate that. And the older I get now being 24 and having been in this industry and seen so much stuff, I just feel really confident to say yes to the things that I want to say yes to and say no to the things that I don't want to go to. And when you can get to that stage, it's really good because though you may lose friends or not have as many things to do on a Friday night, it's like, who cares? Go read a book. Like, go go out on your own. Go to a bar on your own. Like, that is so cool. And you never know who you're going to meet. So on the days that are really busy, like for example, Monday, which is when this podcast is going to air, I have a really busy day, but I'm going to do something very similar. So wake up, work out maybe a little bit earlier on Monday because I have a shoot. So maybe be at the gym by 7 instead of 7.30 or 8. Be out by 8, 8.30. Go home, take a shower. If I have time, I like to sauna. And the gym that I go to just opened a sauna. So I've been trying to do that once a week because I just feel like very, I don't know, fit after. It's weird to like lift weights and then go and sit in a heated room. But then I'm just like, I feel so, so fabulous. So I might do that on Monday. And then I know for the rest of the day, Monday, I have hair and makeup. I'm doing a segment with Yahoo. So that'll probably be about an hour, hour and a half. And I'm going to do that, I believe, at one of my favorite hotels in Austin called Commodore Perry and I work with them so I think they're going to give me a room so I'm going to shoot from there and then after that probably hang out with Kendall and do some more photos and I don't love I hate the word content I just find it so annoying but film some content on this what I do in a day to go along with this podcast episode as well as just some other TikTok stuff especially because when I have access to a beautiful room like that or I'm at a hotel or whatever I really like to take advantage of it Uh, And so that's what I'm going to be doing on Monday. And then I will, I believe, have a phone call on Monday with a CBD brand that was interested in doing something, uh, as well as a burger company that I connected with at South By. And we were interested in doing something, so I'll talk with them. And then I'll come home, and weekdays I really don't go out on. And so lately, I really haven't been dating or anything. I mean, I certainly have realized, like, I want to be in a relationship at this point. I I don't necessarily want to casually date and I love casual dating, but I'm just kind of out of that right now. So I'm even more strict on my like Monday, be in bed or at home by five, six. And again, read, watch TV, like really decompress, especially Monday when I talk to a lot of people in a day and when I've been pitching investors, it's pretty exhausting. And so because of that, it's really hard for me to like have a conversation with a friend or whatever, when I've spent the whole day talking to people. So I really like to keep those week nights, for the most part, very, very free and open. And if I get invited to something and I want to go, I'll go. If not, I'm 100% in bed and 100% asleep by 9 p.m. I don't know how I fall asleep by 9 p.m. But I can tell you my two secrets are an app called Shut Eye and the top rated sound machine on Amazon called Electrofan. Phenomenal. If you have trouble sleeping, insomnia, have serious anxiety, I usually have a lot of my anxiety come out right before I go to bed. They're amazing. Again, that's called Lectrofan. I think it was 20 bucks. 
and Shut Eye. It's an app and it's really just kind of helped me track my sleeping. Really like that. And then there's other days where I was in LA last week and I had lunch with my friend Joey. She was a bonus episode last week as well. Uh, I had a meeting with a friend of mine who's a publicist. She reps a company called Project Glimmer and I hadn't seen her in a while. We went to a place in LA called Artha and did yoga. And then I also did a run class at Equinox and then was on emails for the rest of the day, sometimes talking to different universities, potentially negotiating deals with that. But really right now the focus is mentor match and building out this platform and the community. And I know that I've invited a lot of you to it. And if you haven't gotten an invite, please reach out to me. So I've also been exploring different opportunities with that to talk to different talent, whether that is Kelly Rutherford, who's a friend of mine from Gossip Girl. She was also on the podcast. I spoke with Mandy Teefy last week. If you don't know who she is, it's Selena Gomez's mom. And they have a really awesome mental health platform that they've launched. Uh, so I'll have those kind of phone calls throughout the day. And, and the cool thing about that is, is I have the flexibility to have them on the phone and really just get their advice and opinion. And I really enjoy doing that. And also just knowing that they're also fans of Mentor Match and the company growing and whatnot. It's very cool because it's kind of like building out an advisory board. And that's a really important thing, especially if you start raising money is being able to have a lot of these bigger names behind you. So I've been honing in on that more than I have in the past. And the funny thing about that is because over the course of my career, I have interviewed massive founders. I have interviewed huge talent and whatnot and always kept in touch with them. And I think a lot of people always kind of would think in that way, like, well, why don't you just ask them to do this? Or why don't you ask them to do this? And I don't know if it's just how I was raised or being in LA. I have never felt comfortable ever like asking for things. It was always in the back of my mind that I've got this roster of people who really respect and appreciate what I do, which is why they've said yes to being interviewed or whatnot. But I was always kind of waiting in my career at some point for that one ask. I'm not the kind of person that goes to Kelly every three weeks and is like, Kelly, will you do this? Kelly, will you help me with that? No. I'm someone who's like very strategic and I'm very glad that in a sense, I have not over asked people and the top tier talent because this is the stage right now in the part of my career where I'm at, where I'm now using those voices to make an impact and make this app and this platform even more successful. So I've been talking to a lot of them throughout the day. And then usually I will go out to eat maybe once or twice a week for dinner because I have freshly, I try lately, I've been really trying to budget more than I have in the past. Uh, my my core group of friends in Austin, we all realized a few weeks ago, we were just spending $400 a night on $400 a week, probably each on food. We love going out. Like we're just such a tight group of friends and it's awesome. But I think all of us at the last restaurant we went to, we went to a place in Austin called Neighborhood Sushi. It's my least favorite sushi place. And it is disgustingly overpriced. And I looked at Dylan and was like, Dylan, I'm still so fucking hungry. And I literally just spent $100 and everything sucked. And he looked at me and was like, why are we spending so much money on food? And this food wasn't even good. So now we're all kind of trying to be more strategic with like when we go out and if we're going out, like let's go somewhere that maybe isn't so trendy and also has good food and isn't so expensive. Not even a matter of like, we don't have the money, but it's more in the sense of like, we could spend this on something else. And we're very much a food kind of friend group and we enjoy good food. And so I never want to be eating bad food. And I think we've all kind of appreciated and started thinking that as well. So yeah, so I'll choose maybe once once a week, once or twice a week to go out to dinner with my friends or on a date, maybe I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, but I really like to keep that time on the weeknight for myself, because it's really how I stay motivated to get up super early. 
get to the gym and honestly not spend an excessive amount of money on food and not drink a little bit too much and then come home and eat my whole fridge. So to be honest, that's why I really don't go out on the weekdays. Uh, Money and I don't want to have like four glasses of wine and then come home and eat my whole fridge because I feel like I do really well when I eat really clean during the week and I splurge on the weekends and I enjoy it more, if that makes sense, versus on the weekdays, I'll go like four weeks and I'm obsessed with dessert. Like when I was in LA last week, I can't tell you the amount of times that I like took my edible and then I had a whole bowl of whipped cream. And then I go and I get in bed at, I was in bed at like 7.30 every night and I deep dive on TikTok. And my thing is I'm obsessed with searching up keto recipes. And then I realize I've been on TikTok for three hours scrolling through keto recipes and I'm like, I'm still eating. So I'll go on weeks where I almost have like my dessert binges and I'm obsessed with them. And now I'm back on track. And I feel like I do that a lot better in Austin. Uh, But again, it really helps me when I stay home on the weeknights and don't go out until perhaps Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and then back home again on Sunday. And I am trying to travel a little bit less. That's probably not going to happen because I was in multiple different cities in a short period of time. And that also kind of whacks up my schedule, the time difference, having to rearrange calls and whatnot. So I think uh, just, just as an entrepreneur in general and just in terms of time management, having a really concrete schedule, having an assistant, like my assistant is pretty critical in my life with calendar invites, helps me stay really on track and following up on emails and whatnot, really helps you manage your time. And and a lot of times when you're first starting out, I mean, I never had an assistant when I was first starting out. Like I never had someone to post on social media. I was doing all of that. And that's really how I learned so much. And so I think that, that those, those moments when you're doing everything are incredible because you really learn so much and you're able to be so well-versed in what you do. But the downside of that is that you don't have a lot of bandwidth. And so when you're able to have a team and even where I am right now, looking at a potential co-founder, it's really exciting because I can now take the rest of this Friday off and go have glass of wine or coffee, whatever I want to do and read a book and, and focus on this deck. So it's so it's very cool. And, and every day is, is very different. And all of those ways are really how I make money. So if you haven't been following me for a while or are not familiar with the podcast, uh, I, I would say that my primary source of income at this point is speaking engagements. So whether that's one a month or two a month, they really make a living off of that podcast. Uh, sometimes a sponsored ad on the podcast. I'm pretty picky with sponsored ads. But when I have a sponsored ad, obviously make money off of that. The Summit program, whether it's with sponsors or whether it's with a college directly, my goal right now and pre-UConn, I was like, I'm never doing another Summit again. And then a big school came to us following the UConn Summit. Actually, a student had seen it on Instagram, which is super dope, and brought it into her school and was like, we should have this come here. I'm working right now, hopefully, on closing a deal with them. Uh, But in the meantime, the one-off speaking engagements, the occasional TV segment, the one I just did in Philadelphia, which was great. Um, podcast. Sometimes I'll do a Zoom, like I'll get hired to speak on a Zoom. Um, I'm trying to think of like other ways that I make money. Brand outreach. I mean, sometimes like, I guess that's the same thing, but that sponsored blog post or podcast ad, if I reach out to a brand or TikTok or a reel, so creating content with that. But really that's, that's kind of all of it. So in a sense, it's making money off of what I love to do, educating people and inspiring them and talking to them and I certainly love the one-off speaking engagements. I think that they're so awesome. And the goal really right now is to build out the summit program and the mentorship program. And so be able to take that internally to different corporations as well as work with different colleges to do something like twice a year instead of like the UConn deal that we did was a one-off. And I followed up with UConn 
after that summit and I have a call next week. I know it's been over a month now, over two months. Uh, it got pushed back a few times and I'm adamant about bringing another summit to Yukon as well. So because I'm so flexible with my time and how I manage my time, I'm able to wait on certain things that are worth waiting on, which for example, is this follow-up call with Yukon to see if they want to do this every single year. And that really is the goal is like I said, those connections that you are able to make long lasting ones versus these one-off deals. And so if you're going down the path of working with a school or you want to get hired to speak or you want to post on TikTok and get paid with a brand, you know, really evaluate the deals to you that are worth staying in touch with a with a company. And I personally highly evaluate those deals by the response that I get from a Yukon or a Haynes, the fact that they reached out, they want to talk again, they're adamant about having another call. You know, obviously that partnership was very successful for them. And therefore that to me is success. And sometimes I'll have times where I bet a brand isn't happy or they don't want to work together again or they don't think I performed well. And, you know, it's it's kind of you're like, okay, so on to the next. Like I you can only do the best that you can do. And it's like even if I planned a whole massive summit doesn't mean that a bunch of people are going to show up. If the school doesn't do it properly with the marketing, there could be no one there. But at the end of the day, this is my job. I sign a contract. So regardless, I'm getting paid. And a lot of times in these kind of scenarios, things like that happen. And it's really no one's fault. But at the end of the day, they're a company and this is my job. So you just want to always make sure that you're really covered. And, you know, don't get frustrated if you work with a brand or I mentor a girl in Austin and she uh, has a really successful TikTok. And she I've been helping her get sponsorships, which has been so awesome. I'm so proud of her. And she's gotten a few actually because of, of my help, I think, with her pitches and whatnot over the past weeks. And one of the deals was a giveaway and the giveaway performed really poorly on TikTok. And uh, I was like, I remember those moments. And I even probably have those moments now. I mean, the algorithm on a lot of these platforms is so screwed up. So it's like, you never really know what's going to perform. But at the end of the day, I told her, look, you are getting paid to do a giveaway. It doesn't matter whether one person enters or a thousand people enter. And if that company reaches out to you and said, we don't find this successful. And I've had people say that with sponsorships, with the summit and whatnot. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that every single partnership was successful. And it's not. And Quite frankly, a lot of times it's not successful because a brand in particular has such high expectations or expects for $1,000, they're going to get 100 new customers. And, and a lot of times it's not like that. It's like just building brand awareness. And if you're working with a brand that isn't super up to date on that kind of stuff, and especially the algorithm, they might be a little bit tougher on it. They might have someone telling them, look, this girl, we paid her $200 and her post didn't get anything and we didn't get anything. And like, now we don't want to pay her. And uh, it, you know, as the person on the other end, it's really not your fault. It's also not their fault either. But it's really important in all of these kind of deals to just go into it very optimistic. And I always say, like, if you get an email like that and you do something and someone wasn't happy, then you can always offer to do it again for free. If you feel comfortable doing that, you can always say, let's stay in touch about a future opportunity or you can just let it go. But the ones that come back to you, the ones that like what you do, those are the ones that you want to keep that relationship with and keep talking to them and maybe even get on a deal where it's like every three months you post content and that's contracted in for them. Like for me with the summits, I want to get on a deal where every six months I'm doing that same summit with UConn and I'm able to focus less on cold pitching schools, but focusing on making those summits better and better every time, working with their sponsorships and also being able to take that money and focus solely on the mentorship platform. So it's very cool. So every day, everything is different. Every moment is unique. And in the moments where I'm stressed or I'm scared something won't work out, I just remember 
that if it's not this, it's something better. And that's something that you should all be thinking about as you go into the next step of your career, whether you're pursuing entrepreneurship or simply looking to work for someone else is if it's not this, it's something better. So that is a wrap on today's episode. The piece with Yahoo should be coming out soon. I will certainly make sure to share that all over my social media when it does come out. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I will probably be merging the new unfiltered with existing This Is Life Unfiltered episodes. You guys won't see the back inside of it. For me, I'm determining which streaming site to use. So whether that's Libsyn or Simplecast, because my old podcast was hosted on Libsyn and this one's on Simplecast. And again, that won't alter really much of anything that you guys see. But uh, I think it will be a good place to have all of those previous episodes there just because I know now so many of you listen to it still and that's really cool. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Thank you everyone who listened to this episode. I look forward to hearing from more of you guys who are joining the Be Fearless community. Make sure to go to the Be Fearless Instagram and look at that link in bio, the one that is like M-K-S-H-E and join the community there. We've got some major talent coming up on these calls and I'm giving access to you guys to have and get your questions answered by this kind of talent for free because I've worked my whole career and now I have given this ask and they've all said yes and I'm so excited about it. So have an awesome rest of your week. Make sure to follow me on social media at Alexa underscore Curtis. And if you always want new content or podcast episodes, head to lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com and I'll see you guys back next week for a new episode of The New Unfiltered. Unfiltered.